Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. This is the killer line from the news this morning. Nearly 100,000 children aged between 12 and 15 have not yet been registered for a COVID-19 vaccine 16 to 17 year olds 78 percent of them have been signed up 18 to 29 year olds 86 percent of them have been signed up but there's a, a low take up in the children age between 12 and 15 and it's worrying on a number of levels professor liam fanning it's with the department of immunovirology at ucc liam good morning to you Good morning, PJ. Good to speak with you again. Is that a worrying yes. statistic in your view? It is funny. I was not, well, not funny. I was on a radio station about two uh, weeks ago, uh, Galway Bay FM, and uh, we were discussing the very same thing um, about the low numbers of uptake in the twelve to fifteen year olds. And while there was a, a very, you know, impressive uh, trajectory at the launch of the fifteen to twelve year olds availability for the COVID nineteen vaccine, um, it has steadied off and plateaued, and probably even decreased a little bit with regard to the numbers attending. And this is very worrying from a, from a, you know from a number of perspectives. We know that this vaccine gives great protection. Nobody wants their child or their parent or guardian to get COVID-19 and yet they have some concerns which is um, uh, I suppose delaying them getting um, the vaccine or they're, they're taking a kind of a, a wait and see approach I suppose the wait and see approach really, um, you know, it does have the you know the caveat or the kind of risk that your child may pick up COVID-19 in the meantime. You know, these vaccines have been used in millions of individuals around the world, um, hundreds of millions and uh, in children, you know, they have mm. been approved by the EMA and they have been shown to be safe and you know on a, on a you know uh, we all understand you know, I'm a very strong advocate of vaccines and their utility um, to help us get out of this pandemic but also we've seen from a psychosocial development you know even in the secondary schools if an individual is vaccinated they're not sent home so you know they can stay in school they can still be with their other vaccinated mates uh, the parents or the guardians don't have to take time off to mind you know, to mind a child so it's not just mm. about it's about social engagement, psychosocial development. You know, it's 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 almost moved beyond you know kind of protection against the the, the infection, which it clearly is, and that's its prime directive. 
but um, I mean, I would, I mean, I would appeal to anybody who's uncertain regarding the kind of show they give their twelve or fifteen year old a vaccine to talk to their healthcare provider, to talk to somebody who's knowledgeable about it. Uh, go to the department website, you know, look at the data, um, and if they don't understand the data, bring those questions to their healthcare provider to say, look, I'm an uncertain. Uh, the risks are the following. I don't fully understand those figures. Yeah. Can you can you explain it to me um, as to why I should get uh, my boy or girl? Uh, vaccinated um, mm. with the Pfizer vaccine. Those who are over 18, Liam, they're, they're young adults. They can make their own decision. Those who are in their late teens, well, they will tell their parents what they want to do and they'll argue it out and a decision will be made. But those between 12 and 15, if your parents are hesitant, then they're not going to bring you to a centre and they're not going to prevent, present you for your vaccine and you can't go on your own if you're under 16. So hesitancy among parents was probably a huge hurdle here, would you think? I would, absolutely. Um, and look, some of this comes from probably, uh, you know, during the, the build up to where we are now, uh, it was so much mixed messaging going on, you know, uh, you know, we'll say language between NIAC, between NEFIT, between government, Minister Donnelly telling us at one point there wouldn't be a choice in vaccine, then telling us it wouldn't be mixing vaccines. And all of those things have come to kind of, you know, we, you know, uh, individuals have a choice, you know, we can mix vaccines now. You know, so, I mean, and we are now getting even booster shots, which are being used, technically speaking, uh, off license, um, you know, for the over 80s and uh, in the community and the over 65s in uh, residential care facilities or in, or in or, you know, with a community shared uh, living. Mm. So, you know, so there's been an awful lot of trajectory and information uh, you know to people um, and you know it, I can I can sense you know that with some individuals look I've just heard too much and I, I, I can't I can't understand any of it look go to their healthcare provider you know they will provide and talk to them in the language and they will be able to give them the time mm-hmm. to um, you know answer their questions and worries and they're probably wor- their worry is I- I- am I going to give my child sorry is my child going to react to the vaccine in a way that would be worse than if I got COVID-19 look that, that that's basically the bottom line mm-hmm. um, PJ I imagine and you know um, we know that uh, you know COVID-19 infection has the po- po- you know a small possibility of, of long COVID, even in young children. Um, we know that some individuals, you know, can can be symptomatic um, for maybe you know three, four, five, six, seven weeks beyond it, and then recover. Um, and you know, the GP will say, well, look, the the vaccine will protect your child against that, will protect you transmitting it, mm-hmm. um, and there is a risk of you know um, in you know a, a, a small risk of you know inflammation of the heart um, in individuals and that's a very serious condition but we can manage it so you know it's all about you know giving a proportionality to the risk and benefit um, and letting a as you rightly say, uh, you know, we'll say the the vaccine disposed uh, 13-year-old, if their parent says, no, you're not getting it, well, then they can't get it. That's the end of that story. So it's about continuing the education journey to try and bring them to a point where they say, right, look, the benefits outweigh the risk. Uh, there's a lot of COVID going around in the kind of 12 to 24-year-old age group at the moment. I, I don't want my son or daughter uh, picking up COVID-19 because, you know, they may be the one uh, who will get long COVID, you know, um, and 
and it's a risk balance. It's like with all vaccination programs, um, PJ. You know, children are vaccinated against polio. There hasn't been a case of polio in Ireland in a long time. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and um, we vaccinate them against hepatitis A, hepatitis B, and you know, um, you know, the meningococcal ones and all. So there's a lots of stuff. Um, and and the other thing too is we're coming into a flu season as well, um, mm. PJ. And mm-hmm. nobody, you know, we ha- we really don't know what this Delta variant is going to be like in the context of a, a respiratory virus that has, you know, an influenza and maybe an RSV type virus, you know, the usual snotty kind of response mm-hmm, virus mm-hmm. responsible for kind of runny noses and coughs and that kind of thing. And we, you know, we saw yesterday we had a kind of easing of restrictions and more mixing. And the 22nd of October, that's going to happen again. So, you know, the vaccines do offer the best protection, PJ, yeah. but you are right. A 13-year-old who wants a vaccine and the parents or guardian says, no, they're in a very tricky position with regard to getting it. They can't get it. John raises a number of questions, uh, Liam, that I think I'm hearing from parents of children in that age group, shall we say. Mm-hmm. First of all, he raises the question of it still not being fully licensed in the EU. He also raises a question which I've heard in my own circle. Well, aren't young bodies still maturing? And, and a, you know, a young body at puberty time, and aren't those children at a very difficult time in their lives? Their body chemistry is changing. Their physiology is changing. And we're putting, and I will use the term reservedly here, Liam, we're putting an experimental product into their veins. That's a mentality that is out there, whether we agree or disagree with it. Uh, that is true. Okay, so let, let let me deal with some of the the maybe just in reverse order regarding to their their growing bodies and maturing. That is quite correct. But what we, in, in an ironic sort of way, what we are seeing <clears throat> from these vaccines is that the younger individuals are having a more robust response to these vaccines, and and that's why you know for the five to eleven year olds, they're actually able to use much less of this particular of the component, the active part of the vaccine in the vaccination, and um, they use it in a thirty micrograms. It's a small part of a gram. And in the 5 to 11-year-old, it's going to be a third of that. It's going to be 10. Why? Because we know that their immune responses are, are really vigorous at responding to pathogens to protect them <laughs> against foreign proteins. So really, I, I understand that they're growing in all aspects, be it psychologically and physically. But ironically enough, from an immune perspective, they're at the best point to get this vaccine. Because we saw with the human papillomavirus, the virus that causes cervical cancer, that that particular vaccine was given uh, was recommended to be given ideally in the young teenage years. Why? Because they have a very strong response. Now, the other reason why was before they become sexually active. That's a slightly different story. But, um, you know, the individuals of this age group respond really strongly to vaccines. And I say really, really strongly. They don't exhibit a a side effect portfolio that's any different to those that are older. They generate more protection against the vaccine. So the second point you mentioned there was about uh, licensing. Yes, so these have emergency approval for the duration of the pandemic. And what we've seen... Um, and and with, let's let's face it, without that emergency approval, everybody remembers where we were in January. We would be still, you know, uh, dealing with, with with the consequences of rampant um, lock, uh, you know, rampant infection. Try, trying to ameliorate that with, with stringent lockdown. We look back. We look. We look back. Look to Australia and see where they are now. And we mm. look back with them in envy when they when they had their yeah. you know um, uh, tried essentially zero COVID strategy. And Delta was the one that found the weakness in that strategy. Yes. So in order to give the global population the best protection possible, we had to 
have emergency use authorization for these particular uh, these particular agents, right? And what will happen now is, you know, we've already seen that the the FDA has given, we'll call it regular approval for the vaccines in the in, in the adult population, and that emergency approval will change, uh, our emergency authorization will change um, to kind of we'll call it fully licensed uh, use um, for these particular drugs. Mm. So yes, they are co- correct. So it's like a, you know, we were in an emergency situation. We had to use the tools available, and we were we were in many ways so lucky that this you know that this pandemic didn't happen you know maybe five or ten years ago. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have had these mRNA vaccines. The technology at the point wasn't ready. Develop- yeah. well, it wasn't ready. Yeah. Um, and you know, um, you know, you look back in October nine, uh, 2019, almost two years ago now, PJ. And we had, uh, you know, the first shots in Ireland were given in December uh, 2020, the very last part of it, admittedly. Um, You know, I mean, that was 15 months since the beginning of the pandemic in October 2019. Okay, thereabouts anyway, the declaration by WHO later on, but the emergence of it into the human population, we'll say, um, over in China. So, you know, um, yeah, we have to use these emergency tools to give us an opportunity to survive this pandemic because we've already seen the millions of people you know that have been infected and the very large numbers that have died so that's why the, I, I, I accept they do have a point it is under emergency approval but that doesn't weaken in any way the rigour with which these uh, you know uh, agents yeah, were, I'm, were glad you, I'm glad you brought that point up because this, this emergency approval Somehow or other, there's a, an, an undercurrent with some of the. Oh, sure, that it can't. They, they don't know what it's going to do. They don't know how it's going to work. They do, don't they? They do, PJ. They do. Look, there are hun- I think uh, the last figure I saw uh, was something like over two billion vaccine doses have been given worldwide. Now, there's a whole different, you know, portfolio of vaccines from the mRNA ones that we now know of Pfizer and Moderna. We had the AstraZeneca one and the J and J, which are the vector-derived uh, ones. And we've had, you know, the Chinese have vaccinated, you know, um, a, a large proportion. I think it's one point. Uh, I don't know. They've given out billions of their doses. They've sent them around the world. You know, there and there are several more coming out of trial as well like um, so you know uh, um, we have such a portfolio of vaccines that when one pe- people speak of vaccines it's not just they're not all the same yes. and we are so lucky in Ireland to have these mRNA vaccines as the kind of dominant vaccine that we are now and nearly it's actually totally RNA vaccines that yeah. we're using now you know we are so lucky in this country so, so lastly Liam just to wrap up with you and having gone through the science and thank you for as always being so positive about it to parents who were listening to us this morning on the opinion line who have a child age between 12 and 15, or maybe a little younger, because let's face it, we're going to be looking at that cohort soon enough. And to, Yeah, we are going to be looking at the 5 to 11. Sorry, Peter. To parents who are concerned, what would you say, Liam? Okay, my first port of call is always to say, look, if you've concerns, write down your questions. That's the clear thing. So you understand kind of, you know, where your concerns are and go to your healthcare provider or your community nurse. And if you can't get satisfaction there, go to the HSE website. Um, go to verified websites. Stay off the Facebook. Stay off the whatever other chatter you're on and 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 listening to hearsay. Go to the verified websites. Go to your healthcare provider. They know best about how to deliver the information to you. These vaccines have been shown to safe to be safe. They have a risk profile. You know, you know, like every medicine, like Panadol, they have a risk profile. But it's very much understood where the benefits and the risks lie, and that's what we're talking about. The benefits of getting vaccination as opposed to the risks of rolling the dice with getting COVID-19 and perhaps your child ending up with long COVID. Here is 
a caller that will just, or a text rather that will I think sum up the questions that are out there and maybe you can address it as a mother of a 12 year old daughter who's on the cusp of puberty I'd be very concerned about any foreign changes to her body and reproductive system for the future because of the vaccine it's an ongoing discussion in our house I'm nervous she isn't Liam <laughs> well, look, the parent is rightly nervous because she's a concerned mother about everything that goes into her uh, young daughter's body. And that's to be welcomed. You know, she has a questioning mind in regard to, I don't want anything to harm my daughter. And that's perfectly rational. And actually, it is to be expected. Um, and, you know, the, she, the, her concern is, is this vaccine going to do anything to, uh, she mentioned puberty, to my to my daughter's trajectory to to true puberty um, and onwards into, into womanhood. And the data, t- and, and we can only go on the, on the millions of data, the hundreds of millions of vaccines that have been given out. There have been no signals whatsoever um, that this vaccine, that these vaccines um, cause any delay or disturbance to puberty or the development of the growing body. But I would, I would encourage that particular woman to pick up the phone, write down her questions and pick up the phone and talk to her healthcare provider um, or her community nurse or whoever she has a trusted individual who's knowledgeable uh, and this is the key thing, who's knowledgeable and understands what Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna have achieved and can deliver the risk profile and the benefit profile in the language that that woman and her daughter understands. Although by the sounds of it, the daughter seems to be um, looking um, positively disposed to vaccine. But the mother's perfectly right to be concerned. All that right. has to be acknowledged, and all parents. All right, listen, always a pleasure to speak with you on The Opinion. And Professor Liam Fanning, Professor of Immunovirology at UCC. Quartz 96 FM. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a and b with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800 3334 for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.